Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Hi, well, welcome to this hour of the program. It's Rob Breckenridge with the Afternoons on News Talk 770. Uh, producer Tim had to come chase me down. Lost track of time there. Standing out in the producer's area. <laughs> yeah, Rob, the intro's gone. All right, but we made it. We're okay. Uh, later in this hour, as mentioned, we'll talk about this uh, lawsuit that the Alberta government's launching essentially against itself, said that the previous government did not have the authority to create this system where companies can unload unprofitable power purchase arrangements. Uh, The mayor with more to say about it today, Uh, the Calgary Chamber of Commerce uh, with a lot to say about it today. But Progress Alberta, which seems to exist only to defend the NDP and the decisions they make, are not surprisingly defending the NDP and lashing out at those who would raise concerns about this, which includes, you would think, people that Progress Alberta would be sympathetic to, like Mayor Nenshi, the Alberta Liberals, uh, Greg Clark of the Alberta Party. So we'll get into all of that coming up uh, after 2.30. Duncan Kinney from Progress Alberta. But off the top in this hour, another controversial uh, policy change being brought in by the Alberta NDP. Uh, just recently, they laid out now, we know the timetable of the change to $15 an hour minimum wage, which is going to happen in stages by 2018. That's coming. The government is not backing off on this. They intend to see this through. A lot of people have raised concern about you know, the, the scope of this the dramatic increase, and, and how relatively quickly this is going to be happening, on top of a lot of other things happening that businesses are having to deal with right now. In particular, the hospitality industry, the restaurant industry in, in particular, and everything that they're having to deal with. And what's it going to mean in the restaurant industry? Can restaurants afford to swallow these increases? Is it going to mean higher prices? Is it going to mean layoffs? Well, joining us on the line here, someone who uh, certainly knows that industry uh, inside and out, Paul Schufeld is a chef. He's a proprietor of the Workshop Eatery in Edmonton and uh, writes for the Edmonton Sun, where this week he has written a second open letter to the Premier. Chef Paul, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, so it was a year ago that, that you wrote your initial open letter to the Premier. Is that correct? Yes, yes, it was right about a year ago now. All right. And now that you're revisiting the issue, does it suggest maybe that those concerns at the time fell on deaf ears? Uh, I really think it did. You know, I think uh, the NDP uh, government has a, an agenda of their own and they're going to follow through with it regardless of what, uh, you know, people like myself and uh, others in our industry uh, have to say. What do you think the NDP needs to understand about the restaurant industry, or what what do they fail to understand about the industry? Well, I mean, I think they're 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 missing a few key points. I mean, um, I should first and foremost say that you know, I, I 
would expect, and I, I support people making a living wage. Uh, I mean, I was a cook. I started as a cook. You know, I pursued my passion and, you know, took a job for a long time at $9 an hour. And I know how very difficult it was to uh, pay my bills and take care of myself, let alone a family. But I, I think there's something, they're not seeing the big picture when it comes to the industry, to our industry specifically. And there are two things that I think they, they're not recognizing or unwilling to admit. First and foremost, those that are making minimum wage in our industry, uh, for the most part, are the service staff, for one. Um, and they've now gotten rid of the liquor server differential. So the server is making the same as anyone else making minimum wage in the business. Uh, but they're also getting gratuities. Um, I can't speak for every server out there, but I can speak for our service staff and knowing that um, at the end of the day, they're averaging anywhere from 35 to $50 an hour per shift. Uh, I'm quite certain giving them a dollar more an hour or $4.80 more an hour by the time this is all done is really going to change their life. They're coming in working for their gratuities, not for their hourly wage. The second thing that I think they're failing to recognize is the other portion of people that are making a minimum wage or perhaps just a little more than minimum wage in the restaurant business are entry-level employees. That might be your, your dishwasher, your busboy, your porter, things like that. Um, these are first jobs for some of these kids. Um, I mean, I took my first dishwashing job 22 years ago, and I was excited that I was making $6 an hour instead of the, the <laughs> minimum wage at the time, which was five eighty-five. Yeah. Um, if I hadn't had that opportunity, I probably wouldn't be an owner-operator running a restaurant uh, 22 years later, employing 27 people. Um I didn't need $15 an hour. I didn't need $10 an hour back then. I was excited to cash a paycheck for two or 300 bucks and have some spending money in my pocket. Now as an owner, I'm sitting here, when this reaches uh, $15 an hour, I'm sitting here looking at it going, do I, do I bring in a dishwasher, a high school student who can only do dishes? Or do I hire another cook for $18 an hour and we collectively do dishes at the end of the night, but at least I've got another skilled guy in my kitchen. So that position now becomes in question. And it'll be the same thing in the front of house. Do I bring in an extra hostess? Do I bring in an extra busboy? Or do I put an extra server on the floor that can actually take care of tables? And yeah, sure, they might have to you know, clear their plates or fill waters, but they're more apt and more skilled at taking care of customers. So that entry-level position is going to disappear. Yeah, and that's an important point because it's it's one thing to measure layoffs, and there may be layoffs as, as a direct result of this, and, and that's more visible. But jobs that don't get filled or jobs that don't get created in the first place, that's yeah. harder to, to measure. That That's not as noticeable. It's, it's difficult to measure, and I, I think uh, it's going to be uh, difficult for us to understand the long-term in, impacts of this on how it's going to impact these young kids that are, are off their first job is retail or it's in the restaurant business. And um, <laughs> they're not exactly, you know, a lot of them aren't going to do this for the rest of their life. God, I wouldn't want anyone to wash dishes for the rest of their life. But um, it, they're teaching them some basic skills like showing up to work on time and being responsible and, you know, putting your phone away and actually listening to the boss and listening to instructions. And, um, you know, as I said, being functional and professional and, um, those are some life skills that you're, you know, what you're going to send these kids to college never having worked and they get out of 
uh, college with a degree and they're 28 or 29 years old and it's their first day in the, in the, the work field. I just don't think that works. Mm-hmm. Now, for being a restaurant, and as you say, you, you got to factor in a whole lot of things, how many people you need and you want to attract good people and, and how to pay them and how to pay them fairly. And also thinking of your customers, right? What it is you're, you're serving them, what people are willing to pay, what's a fair price to pay for, for what is your offering. Um, th- there's a lot to consider. I think there are those who, who look at it in simple terms and say, well, yeah, just raise your price a little bit more and that'll cover the minimum wage and, and no problem. What would you say to that? Well, I mean, that, that's simple. I mean, I can, I, I can sit here and tell you this morning, I spent a little extra time with my bookkeeper going over this and, and making sure I've you know, done my due diligence. And right now, as it stands, based on the last couple of payrolls, if I were to just give everyone a dollar an hour across the board, I'm looking at um, an extra $2,700 a month in cost to me. I average about eight or 900 customers coming through the door a week, so let's call it 3,600 a month. That means I need to either get another 75 cents out of every customer coming through the door, or you know, part, you know, maybe part and parcel, part of that is getting a little bit more of the customer coming out of the, out in the door, or find ways to cut labor costs. And that means limiting hours. You know, but there's a certain threshold where customers are just unwilling to pay anymore and you know 75 cents a person doesn't seem like much but if your 350 coffee goes to four dollars i can guarantee you someone's going to complain about it if your nine dollar dessert goes to 950 someone's going to complain about it you know i just i was speaking with a gentleman who's in today and it was sort of unrelated we were talking about their increased cost of the craft beers you know our craft beer right now it was was 675 but we're about to incur another 40 cents hard cost for every beer we pour means I got to raise that price to 775 and he flat out said you know 775 eight dollars that really puts into question if I'm even going to have another one so now I'm losing revenue rather than gaining revenue by having to increase the price so there's a fine line there and I think our customers in general are getting to the point where enough is enough yeah now and, and in fairness I mean the NDP did reduce slightly the small business tax rate but there's a lot of other things going on I know it's an issue here in Calgary yeah, maybe you I mean, can speak to it with end. property taxes there's the carbon tax coming as you mentioned yeah, the liquor the tax day, if, there's, if there's no revenue there's nothing to tax anyways right exactly but I mean, there are a lot of costs. I mean, there are, there are restaurants in, in Calgary who have just been walloped with their property tax bill on top of everything else. And I don't know if you guys are dealing with the same thing at Edmonton, but it's just, it's coming from a million different directions. You know, you're being hit all at once. Yeah, it really feels that way. And uh, as I said, I mean, I'm not a doomsday guy. I get it. Business is hard. If it was easy, everyone would own their own business. Yeah. Um, we're going to survive. We're going to find a way. We're going to get resilient. You know, if that means I spend a few more hours here a day, if that means we roll up our sleeves and, and you know and do a little more hard work, that's what we're going to do. But uh, there comes a point where you sit back and go, the financial sacrifice, the sacrifice on my family, the sacrifice on my personal life and my time away from work, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Or do I just go become an employee somewhere else and let it be somebody else's problem? I mean, I, I know the answer to that myself, but there's going to come a time when it just keeps coming and coming and coming where it's not going to be worth it anymore. All right. Well, I, I don't think this will happen, but let's imagine a world where, you know, Rachel Notley picks up her Edmonton son, is having a cup of coffee, reads your open letter, picks up the phone and calls you and says, Paul, I read, read your piece. What should I do? I mean, what would you tell her? What, what should they do now in, instead of their stated intentions? I mean, 
I think there is a place for an increased minimum wage, but I don't feel it applies directly to the restaurant industry. I also don't think it applies uh, during the current economic state of our, our province. Um, I think they should take a hard look at the timing of this. I also think they should take a look at reinstating the server liquor differential and also potentially um, putting in a youth employment minimum wage. Does that high school student need to take home $15 an hour? Um, is there an opportunity there for us to look at you know, a scaled um, wage from 14 years old all the way up to 20 or 21? where as you, as you gain in age, you also gain in wage. Uh, I mean, I don't think the 15, 16-year-old kid needs to go home with six or $700 in their pocket every two weeks because they spend 20 hours a week washing dishes. Just don't think that's, uh, that's necessary. So I think they need to take a harder look at the, the situation as a whole and uh, maybe roll up their sleeves and, and look at it from a different perspective. I also think, you know, as I stated, I'd love to see what you're doing with those, the, those extra tax revenue that's coming in. What are we doing to actually tackle the issue of people that are truly living on minimum wage? Are we doing anything to gain, you know, give them some educational opportunities or some ways to improve their life to get out of that minimum wage role? I'm quite certain that nobody wakes up, you know, after finishing high school or has aspirations that, you know, I'm just going to go get a minimum wage job and that's going to be awesome. But somehow they end up in this position. And if we're really concerned as they make it out that they're really concerned about, you know, making sure everybody has a living wage, how about educating those people? How about giving them the skills, whether it's trades or schooling, to help them get out of that situation that they're in that is forcing them to raise a family on minimum wage? Yeah, great points. Uh, Paul, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. Appreciate this. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, take care. Uh, that's uh, Paul Schufelt. Uh, he's a chef, proprietor of uh, the Workshop Eatery in Edmonton. Uh, writes uh, the Edmonton Sun, edmontonsun.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Chef Paul Schufelt. That's S-H-U-F-E-L-T. So he's laid it out as a, as a business owner, as a restaurant owner. Uh, it's it's going to be a hit, and that's true for a lot of restaurants. Uh, so what are we accomplishing, then, if that means that... Prices go up, business slows down even more, people maybe get laid off because of that, or maybe businesses just can't handle the increase and staff get laid off or positions don't get filled, right? People are doing asked to do more because you can't afford to hire people to do those specific jobs. Are people really going to benefit, right? We're being told that this is going to be of benefit to those people, but it might not be in all cases, and, and that's a big concern. Take a break. We'll come back some time for your calls, 974-8255. You can text us, 77770. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.